This episode of NeuroParents is brought to you today by Chore Monster. Chore Monster is a web and mobile app that makes chores fun for kids. Sign up for your free account at choremonster.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Nerd Parents. This is episode 22, and this is the podcast where we come together every week in a positive space to talk parenting in a nerdy world. Uh, Just a friendly reminder, every kid's different, and so are we. And as always, I'm joined with an awesome group of parents. My my two co-hosts are with me this week. Yay, no guests. (laughs) We have Eric and Carrie. (laughs) Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, good. I hear Thaddeus in the background talking. Yes, he'll be my, my co-co-host chatting along. <laughs> and Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah? Hanging in there. Nice start to summer vacation over here in the Chai House. Oh, so it's, it's good. summer. It's summertime. Do you guys have summer any like summer. rituals that you do? Like, you know, go to the local pool or anything like that? I Laziness? Is that a ritual? <laughs> We we like to try to go to the park now that we can. Oh, we see. just like walk out because we live uh, like a, a one block away from this huge park in Salt Lake City, so it's like a five minute walk. So we like to try and just go there as often as we can, just see, to get the. I like to l- make the kids use up some energy. You're very lucky. <laughs> we um, in Arizona, the parks are off limit in the summertime because you get the kids can get burned really badly. Oh right, yeah. It's like it's two thousand so, degrees. I mean, we're we're in the, we're in hell. Is where Nicole we're, lives on hot. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like so freaking hot here, and that equipment. I mean, it's 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 really dangerous for kids because they don't realize how hot it is. So you're you're they have all these cool indoor parks that we're finding, and uh, yeah, but you got to pay for those. So. Oh. It can be challenging to find a lot of indoor activities, but I have a great list. So if anybody needs ideas for indoor activities, there's places like McDonald's. They always have a playground and you That's just, get, you know, get a ice cream and then let your kids have fun. That's Let's true. play make mommy a sandwich. That's a fun <laughs> game. Get so, mommy yeah. a drink. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. So we we have a show full of solicited advice this time. Um, we have I have a backlog of email, and we're not even. I think we're maybe touching about ten percent of it, even with just a, a single episode full of it. But I figure we go through kind of our ups and downs for the week, and then just jump right into it. We don't have any uh, clips per se, but I do have one from from you, Eric, of Thaddeus yeah. that I wanted to play. Um, it's so cute. So Thaddeus is, is saying uh-oh in it. So we got to get a little toddler translation in there. Not that we have to translate this one because it's pretty clear what he's saying. <laughs> so here's Thaddeus. He's adorable. Uh-oh. 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 Did something drop and, and, uh, and he just well, started saying uh-oh? At first, it was just uh, we were just prompting him to do it. And now it is whenever, like, say, his binky falls out or anything drops out or he's just looking at something. It's like it's like his new anything word. It comes Aww. out all the time. I'm getting like 100 uh-ohs a day. Oh, 
<laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, it's great. And he's also started saying um, uh, daddy a little bit. Not not much, but occasionally daddy. And my wife has taught him to say cool. Oh. So Mark taught Mateo to say cool dude. So he, <laughs> so he walks around the house going, cool dude, cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well since we're talking to you eric how about you uh let us know your ups and downs okay sorry um i was grabbing some coffee uh my up is uh thaddeus has been eating really well he's eating everything like we've been we've been giving a, him a whole bunch of fruit and uh, i can make him a sandwich so jealous or, of you i'm so jealous of you <laughs> I, well uh i've had six years of my daughter colette who still battles with me to eat her favorite foods so uh you're like i feel like i I finally earned it (laughs) you're like i deserve this i need it i needed this (laughs) um so yeah it's been fantastic i love just that anytime he wants something i can it's not hard to feed the boy it's Mm -hmm. easy as pie his favorite breakfast right now is just a whole banana i'll peel a whole banana i'll toss it in in uh, his playpen with him and i'll come back two seconds later and it's gone (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> Which is great. Like, um, that's awesome. So that's my up. It's been super awesome. My down is that uh, it's been difficult to deal with Colette when she gets bored. And because yeah. it's summer and she's stuck here with me all the time, she gets bored easy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've been trying to do my best to keep her busy, trying to keep her entertained. Uh uh, but I'm I'm a 33 year old guy and she's a seven year old girl and the just the two don't exactly it's difficult for them to always have fun at the same time you know I did get an email today that um, the boxes of what is it citrus no 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 uh, kiwi crate your kiwi crates are on the oh. way both of you yeah. sweet yes I'm so excited thank you again so yes, uh, thank you so much if, you're, if for those listening you're not familiar what kiwi crate is it's a it's a subscription service where every month they send you just um, different projects so like one was a safari theme and it was like building puppets and different crafts uh, Samantha Jane told us about that uh, for and she did that for will and I decided to subscribe of course. Mateo's just a little too young, so I have all my Kiwi crates sitting here waiting for him. <laughs> so he's uh-huh. just now getting into crafts, so I might try some with him. So um, uh, Colette will have some fun with that, at least for a little bit. <laughs> it might, you know, give her some inspiration. Do you do any kind of, um, like, pre-package? Like, I've seen, like, the really organized parents have, like, a box for Monday, a box for Tuesday, and they like lay out and and organize the activities for the week to help them. Wow, that, that's I mean, really organized. I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I that sounds like a fantastic idea, and I would like to think that I have the fortitude to do that. But I, when I'm honest with myself, I'm sure that would last probably one week with me. Yeah, <laughs> it's I a great idea. Good. Yeah, I would love to be that like astute that I could get ahead of that and plan in advance. Um, in our house, it's kind of like, you know, Colin might have the attention span to be like, yeah, this is what we're going to do on Monday and talk it up. And then Monday comes and he goes, I want to do Play-Doh. Yeah. All right then. So it's probably more about me being annoyed that the schedule was thrown off. That we, <laughs> that we wouldn't do that. It's got less to do with him, no, but he's pretty Monday. flexible if we throw stuff in. We're playing with lingo logs. It's Monday. <laughs> Put the Play-Doh down. We're doing something mommy wants to do. Lego day. Come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, hopefully, uh, does she play video games? Does she, she um, get into? She does. Yeah. When uh, well, when she thinks back on this summer, she will remember it as the summer of Minecraft. Oh, there you go. Jeez. I also want to see more of the paper dress archives. I mean, she needs to remember we talked about that once. That there's an image out there of some little girl whose mother. I don't remember the story. I'll have to find it. Did the paper dresses? We need to put Colette into some Minecraft paper costume. She'd have a ball. Well, she does love to make things, and she loves. We've had the kiwi crate before, um, and she's always loved doing those. And that those have been a great activity to do. Those are a great way to fill summer. Oh, they don't fill a summer, but they're great. And so she's always been crafty and likes to make things. She has made a little robot costume before out of paper, which oh, was neat. just kind of a strip of paper around her head with like things hanging in the front that she drew on to look like a robot. So that would be, I, she would totally get into a paper dress thing. Have you, has she gotten into paper craft? Uh, she, yeah, she has a little bit. Yeah. That's honestly, well with that so far, it's just made her kind of mad. Oh, <laughs> Because she she makes a mistake or she yeah. can't understand the instructions quite enough and she she just starts just smashing it. There was well, I, so we went to Phoenix Comic Con over the weekend and there was a a booth and I can't remember and the I got the card and it's in the other room and it's gonna drive me nuts. But what it is, it's it's like eight bit art and it's a coloring book of sorts for kids. And it's hmm. it's almost like color by numbers, but you're making this cool eight bit art. And uh, I, I'll find the link. Yeah, uh, dude, because that you can like... you can download. They have free pages that you download, and the kids can then you know use their crayons or their markers or whatever and c- create these cool little eight bit you know eight bit Mario and eight bit Zelda, and they can do some fun. Um, other than just you know your standard coloring book, this is more eight bitty, and it maps it all out it's kind of neat that sounds cool yeah i had a friend who actually sent me a picture just i heard 8-bit mario and my brain went bling uh, i had a friend who sent me a picture um she wanted to put a patio on her back on her backyard they have a brand new house and she's like i want, I want to put on a patio and her husband was like oh, i don't know maybe and finally he just all of a sudden lit up to the idea and went this is a great idea let's put on a patio so she went okay got a little nervous he put on the patio it looked gorgeous and she said there's something about it i don't know what it is that's kind of throwing me and he's he said, go to the upstairs bedroom and look out the window and look down. He had done 8-bit Mario and brick oh, on the oh, patio. Awesome. It was great. But it was very subtle with the different colors of the brick. It was hilarious. Oh, that's like, well, I he would want to do. Yeah, it's like he gets to keep his nerd and I got a patio, so that works. Oh, that's that's so, brilliant. Yeah. I just did a quick search for like 8-bit coloring book. Um, and there's actually quite a few um, places out there that allow you to download these little Awesome. Um, sheets and this one's not as instructive as the one I, I saw at um, Phoenix Comic Con, but uh, I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes. And, and, you know, might be a fun little project to do one day. There's yeah, one, absolutely. There's one day out of ninety. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a great idea. I had talked to Sarah. She she loves Minecraft still at fourteen, and we had talked about she wanted a new quilt for her bed, and I said, why don't we just start collecting the different colors of green that you like, and maybe. We could do like a creeper mm-hmm. out of little quilt squares or something. And we could even, if it's a simple tie on quilt or if it's something that we have to sew, whatever. But she was kind of into it. So I think I might look some of that stuff up too and see what I can find. Cool. Good idea. Yeah. Could be fun. We're full of the ideas here. Yeah. So how about you, Carrie? I know Eden had 
uh, surgery. Yeah, it went week. really, really, yay. really well. Um, yay. yay. I'll have to take a picture and post it up on the site. Sometimes now, when she, because it's dental surgery and her teeth are so discolored naturally, when they clean them, she smiles. She looks like she has false teeth. Oh, really? It's hysterical. She's got this big, white, gleaming grin. She'll never have cavities because she doesn't eat by mouth. And the whole pH of her mouth is wrong for cavity growth. So when they clean this scale off of her teeth, she's like, hi. It looks like she has big teeth and it's a riot. So I'll have to get a really good picture. So that went really, really well. She came out of anesthesia super easy. She had no problems with her oxygen. She did really, really well. So that was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my down is um, having a 14-year-old, as some people may know, teenagers, mm. um, they need to be driven everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Sarah is uh, an avid volleyball player, and I have, I'm sure you want to go to volleyball. And she's going to be a freshman in fr- high school this year, so it's like I, this is the summer where they do all of their training and yeah. get their face in front of the volleyball coach and everything. So it was, well, mom, you know, Monday through Thursdays, I have weight training from 8.45 in the morning to 9.45. And I said, well, that sucks. But okay, you know, it's what you got to do. And she said, and then one day a week, I have to go at 10 o'clock. I have to go straight over to the high school and practice with the team so I can get to know the coach. And I said, that's fine. One day a week, you know, whatever, driving her all over the place, putting the other two kids in the car and stuff, pain in the butt. But you do what you got to do. Well, she's a teenager and doesn't get her schedule right. Four times I was picking her up and dropping her off yesterday. Oh, no. Yeah. It was, she woke up and my husband woke her up because he was leaving for work. And I heard him say, you don't have it today? And she said, no, I don't have volleyball today. And he went, okay. So he came in and he said, go back to sleep. You got enough to sleep. I said, great, sweet. I'll just go back to bed. (laughs) Mom, I have to be at the gym in 20 minutes. I said, Sarah, you told me you didn't have volleyball today. Well, I have weight training. But I don't have volleyball. I said, uh, the same thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I drove her in my pajamas, looking like a lunatic, dropped her <laughs> off the gym, came home, came back and picked her up at quarter to ten. She goes, okay, well, I have to be at the gym in ten minutes. I said, what? hold the phone. You don't have volleyball today. She goes, well, I was wrong. Oh. <sighs> so I dropped her off, dropped her off at volleyball, came home with the kids and expected not to have to pick her up until one o'clock in the afternoon because that's it's like a ten to one thing. She says, yeah, no problem. Eleven o'clock. My phone rings. Um, We're done. Okay. What? No, 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 no. So I said, I got her in the car and I just gave her a look and she went, I'll get it written down. I said, oh whatever you write down and hand me is the schedule we are going to stick to for the yeah. rest of your life. Ugh. So I said, it's in it. I really, if it was just Sarah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I got to get Colin in the car, up and down from naps. I got to get Eden, change all her meds around so she doesn't miss anything. I was like, no, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So 14 year olds are fun and i'm glad that they have activities but at the same time kids do your parents a favor and get your schedule straight to save them a little uh, anxiety that'd be great interesting do you guys yeah. use an app or uh, anything like that to to help we out? thought about it cozy's really good for stuff like that yeah. i just and i'm super likely to stay with it my sarah's not as likely to be as consistent about putting stuff in so mm. i mean i have to acknowledge that kind of that's who she is and play to her strengths which is i like i told her get it down on paper hand it to me I will keep it next to my computer. That's the schedule I'm going by. That's it. I'm not modifying it. And I'm going to say that because you gave it to me. So Are you gonna it give keeps her, her accountable. I was going to say, yeah, if, if she doesn't uh, set it up properly, <laughs> it's like, exactly. well, 
Yep. It's going to be a pain in the butt. And should, I said, if things change, Sarah, I understand. The coach may say, hey, you know what? I have a dentist appointment at such and such time, and today it's going to be short. But I said, do your best to find out that stuff ahead of time because it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you could do that. And she's she's pretty good about that. She wrote it down. She handed it to me, and she gave me the forewarning. My coach can be a little bit of a flake. Sometimes things change. I said, well, then oh, you need oh. to, if he gives you any crap about your attendance, you need to tell him. This is a schedule you gave us at the beginning of the year, and it affects more than just me in this house. Yeah. You know, I have to be driven everywhere. I've got brothers and sisters. So uh, that's the schedule we're going to stick to. And I think any responsible adult. Oh, you're, get, you're getting to the driving. You're almost to the driving years. Yeah, oh. I did take about three months ago. I took her to a, she was kept saying, I want to drive in the driveway. And I'm like, Sarah, our driveway is like 20 feet long. Like, where are you going to drive to? So I said, no. And so I finally got sick of the complaining and I just put her in the car. I said, come with me. And I think she thought we were going to Starbucks. And I took her to the high school parking lot and I got out and I said, drive. Ah! She was like, what? (laughs) Not as easy as she thought. And I said, now, now that you've driven an automatic, what will you have mom teach you how to drive stick? And she went, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, good. Remember that. My first, (laughs) my first car was a stick. Oh my God. It was the worst. I hated driving that thing. I ended up, this is not going to help you Carrie, but I ended up crashing it. Oh, (laughs) I, I flipped it. Oh, oh, what? Yes. If you're going to oh. crash, go big or go home. That was <laughs> yeah. nice. I'm messing so, around. So I just got my license, and it was a little AMC or an all. I mean, you could you could probably tip it over. Just if you were strong enough, you could probably push it over. It was such a tiny little car. <laughs> and uh, in where I grew up, it was very rural, lots of gravel roads. So I I mean, that's where we would go to, to learn how to drive is the gravel roads. So I got my license and I even waited a bit because I just didn't feel like I was ready. I didn't get my license on my 16th birthday. It was more like I got my license about three months later. Um, And my parents said, you can go out and take the car. Just be careful. So I went to go pick up my friend and she lived on a a gravel road. And I was just so excited. It was like this feeling and I'm doing and I'm going down this stretch of gravel road and I'm I'm going I'm listening to my music and I'm swerving. I'm going, woo. And the back tire blew, and oh. I fishtailed, oh, no. and I hit the 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 side, and the car the way that the the, the the gravel road was structured was like gra- it was like built up, and so I just hit it, and the car just went in slow motion all the oh. on it on the back on the top, and I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I and I'm thankfully wearing my seatbelt, and I just. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I, I would be freaking out. So I told my parents that I swerved to to miss a rabbit. <laughs> oh, nice. And I and I think I held on to that lie for, I mean, I didn't, never really lied to my parents. That was the only, like, big, like, lie. And I told them, I think, when I was in my 20s that it wasn't the truth. They go, we knew. <laughs> Uh, of course. <laughs> They're like, we knew. <laughs> I was just, they were just thankful that I wasn't hurt. And I right, just, I'll oh bet. my God. But yeah, driving at, uh, is, is the driving, have they backed the driving age to like 17 and some, I think I've seen it in some areas, they, they've actually made it later. And I almost think that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I'm yeah. all about that. So yeah, driving, not, uh it's surprising how much of our parenting job is taxiing our children right. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, I guess my up, Mateo is finally saying yes. 
I mean, this is this is huge because everything up until two days ago has been no. And it was like, you want a million dollars? No. You want a, you know, puppy? No. You want like we were just having fun with it at one point. Everything was no. And then a couple days ago, Mark said, how was your day? Did you have a good day at school? Yes. Do you want a banana? Yes. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. And we're like, yay. Oh, that's great. I'm. I'm hoping it's not short-lived, but it it's it's a huge thing when your kid actually says yes to So was, was he just saying no to say no, no yeah, or was he, he was, like actually being despondent? It was almost like everything. he was owning that word, like everything was no. Mm. And even like if he wanted it, it was just no. He just wanted to just say no all the time. Right. And I, I, I just, I think he was trying the word out and now he's trying out the word yes. So everything's yes right now. That's so, great. That's uh, great. Yeah, so that's fun. And then uh, down, hmm, we got a new puppy, and uh, my down is I'm not sleeping at all. <laughs> and it's worn me down that when we went to the Phoenix Comic Con, I think I picked up a bug and I'm getting sick again. So I, I seriously, I'm going to create a uh, a sickness bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the free square is going to be cold, like a cold. That's the amateur. Everything else is going to be like pink eye and pneumonia and strep. Right across the middle, virus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of my down. But we had a good time at Phoenix Comic Con. We actually stayed downtown. and uh, Did you guys take Mateo with you? No, no. We, we wanted a little uh, alone time. Sure, and, yeah. And uh, that was where we picked up our new puppy was in Tucson. So we were kind of ha- sort of halfway there. So we went to Phoenix Comic Con on Saturday and then went and picked up our new puppy, Sansa. Uh, yes, that is a Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, on uh, Sunday. So, and little did we know, the breeders uh, kept her outside and we, we got a, a tick infested puppy that had worms. Ugh. So we've been dealing with that all week. So how's Mateo doing with the new puppy? Um, he's doing okay. He, he, he doesn't like, um, when she barks, he goes quiet, <laughs> quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're going to be friends. She's following him around. They're like little buddies at oh. times. They were playing this morning for the first time. So it's, it's definitely, uh, I think it's good for him because he's so used to being the primary focus. And now we have to focus on the puppy and apparently he was um, interacting with Mark in the morning and he's standing there with his lip down and, and Mark's like, what's wrong, buddy? He goes, Mateo's sad. Oh. And, and Mark kind of got him out of it. But I think it was because of all the attention that was going on with uh, the puppy. So Aww. fuzzy in the chat room. Yes, definitely a bad breeder, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's move on. We don't have any toddler translations. We're not doing uh, family game night. We're just going to focus on some questions today. Um, is that Colin? Yeah. Hi. Colin. Say hi. You say hi, Nicole. Say hi. hi. Don't hi. wave at the screen. Say hello. <laughs> I'm waving too. You're on the microphone. Hi, Colin. Talk. Hey, buddy. Okay. Say hi. Okay. Can you give me another phone? What? Yeah. That was toddler translations for me. What do you want? <laughs> I think he wants your phone. You want my phone? Is that what you want? 
Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Nicole, you win this time. <laughs> That's right, Nicole wins. Okay, before they go. What? Okay, I'm out of here. Okay, you're out of here. Bye. <laughs> okay, have a good time. Adios, Miguel Cuddy. Get out of here. <laughs> He's going to go send some texts now. He'll be back later. He's like ordering stuff online. Oh, yeah. He'll wanna, yeah, yeah. I like the eBay, Mom. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that rare whatever I'm, I'm purchasing. Uh, all right, let's move into some solicited advice. This, this is a uh, part of the show where uh, you guys write in. And if you want to send an email, you're more than welcome to. Um, you can find us on uh, nerdparents.com or you can just send it directly at nerdparents at gmail.com. Pretty easy to get a hold of us. Uh, this first email is from Derek. Um, he says, I was just wondering if you or your guests would have any advice for telling your first child another is on the way. Ways to make it special, things to consider or worry about, what not to do, etc. So uh, for me, I don't have any advice. I only have one kid. So, But Eric and Cleo both have multiple children. So I'm curious, uh, Eric, how did you tell Colette that Thaddeus was on, his, on the way? Uh you know, we we got kind of lucky with Colette. It wasn't that hard. Um, How old we was had a she? bunch of uh, what's that? How old was she? Like six or uh... she was yeah, just uh, around six. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, she had had a bu- we had a bunch of family around us, uh, immediate family who had been having kids, uh, you know, within the past couple years. So she had kind of seen that 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 this is a thing, you know, the mom gets a belly and there's a baby coming afterwards and and so we ex- just straight up said to her, "Hey, guess what? Mom's <laughs> mom's going to have another kid and all that stuff you saw happen, the big belly, that's all going to it's all going to happen. You're going to see you're going to mm-hmm. have a little brother or sister." And uh that's that's the deal. And she was just like, okay. "Oh, all right." She kind of just took it in stride. So I think we kind of got lucky. Um, mm-hmm. When we announced it to the way we told the public, I just sent out a whole bunch of silly memes on Twitter, um, <laughs> which was a really fun way to do. And that's how we told our family, too, actually. So, funny. so I, I started tweeting out all these memes about uh, us being pregnant. And then the phone calls came, which I was fun. Diapers again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Immigrant yeah, pregnant. <laughs> These are great. I just put a link in the chat room, and I'll put a link in the show notes. These are so funny. You said yeah, you we, made all these, or did you find them? No, I, I made them all just with like a simple meme maker thing. We we wanted to do it that way because we're kind of like trolling our parents. Um, <laughs> like when that when Colette was uh, when Christine was pregnant with Colette, we just emailed an ultrasound photo to one of our sibling one of our siblings, <laughs> and we just left it at that. And we just sat back and said. Phone calls anytime now. <laughs> was so. it, was it? There was one in here about um, you. You know, call you know, just call and tell me you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's cute. How about you, Cleo? Um, Sarah was really young. Um, she had just turned two a month before Eden was born. So she at the time she was very into. She has a little baby that she used to carry around with her and take to bed all the time, named Billy. And so. And we're the oldest. My husband's the oldest in his family, and my brother didn't have kids at the time. So for her, it was not used to having babies around. 
around. Mm-hmm. We knew what they were, but didn't really have any experience with them at all. So we just told her, you know, mommy's going to have a baby. And she just went and got Billy and showed it to me. And I said, yes. And she was just like, all right then. And went right back to whatever it was that she was doing. She was just too young to get it. But when the baby actually arrived, my mom brought her up to the hospital to see Eden. And she would go over and just look in the little isolate and be like, oh, my baby. And got it immediately that that was her baby and that mommy was helping with it and that that was what she was <laughs> going to do. It was very much her possession. Um, when Colin was born, Eden, you know, just doesn't care. Um, Sarah was almost 10 when I got pregnant with Colin. And we had tried to get pregnant before, and I had lost a baby at almost five months. So it was almost harder mm. telling her because mm-hmm. it was it was very difficult telling Sarah that I had had a miscarriage. She was absolutely destroyed. Mm. Then when I got pregnant again, it was almost harder because immediately she was like, is this one going to die too? Mm. And I was like, well, that's a downer. I mean, you know, let's get happy about this thing. So I actually waited quite a bit. I waited until I was almost three months along um, before I even considered telling her because I was just like, I, you know, I was so far along the last time. I mean, I don't want to wait until I'm clearly, you know, my belly's sticking out before she asks, (laughs) is something going on? Mom, you need to tell me about mother. Mommy's eating a lot of the donuts. Mom's mom's getting fat. What happened? So, yeah. So we eventually told her and she was very excited. Um, I remember she called my mother before I even had a chance to tell my own mom. She ran over and called my mom in Boston and said, mom's got another baby in there. And um, that was pretty funny because my mother was all, what? Like, why is the 10-year-old telling me this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty funny. Um, but she was pretty she was pretty quiet about it at first and a little standoffish because she wasn't sure. You know, I don't understand why babies die and why don't they make mm-hmm. it all the way and kind of not real sure what to think of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But as we got closer and the pregnancy went along, um, we were closing in on her 10th birthday. She, uh, Colin and Sarah's birthdays are a week apart. So when I had Colin on December 4th, Sarah's birthday is December 9th. So I had Colin, we came into the hospital, she came into the hospital to see him and she had made t-shirts that said Colin's favorite sister. And she had made one for Eden that said Colin's other favorite sister and had done some really cute things to kind of build it up for her. When she came into the hospital room, she was so excited. I could see it. And she was just like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? And she went right over to the isolate and she looked in and she burst into tears and she was like, he's all mine. I can tell him what to do. (laughs) I love him so much. So I said, well, what do you think? And she said, she said, I just want to keep him and take him home. And I said, well, we will. So we let her do things like she was the first person to feed him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we let her hold him before anybody else held him. So we kind of let it be everything she needed it to be to Mm -hmm. kind of help her resolve that the baby was there and not going anywhere. Um, But she, I'd say the only other thing that for us that was unusual, she started asking pretty quickly if Colin was going to be like Eden, like pretty quickly Mm. because she doesn't know Eden as anything other than disabled. Eden started having seizures when she was 10 weeks old. So she started asking very quickly, is Colin going to be like Eden? Is he going to, you know, do all babies come with wheelchairs? Like she that way so Mm -hmm. she didn't really kind of know what to think and as her brother got older and did a lot more independent things and we had other family members that were having babies at the same time she very quickly settled into it and now they are they are best friends best pals yes they are but i think it's great great. any way that you can tell people uh and make it you know give yourself that that make sure you've got it all totally in your own gut with i'm content to let other people know where i am because you know not to be morbid but you do not know where things are going to go yeah just whenever you feel really 
good about the information, then you share it whenever you feel it's appropriate. Yeah. That's there's, good advice. There's, um, I found a couple articles, um, one from a, a website called mommy.me, and it was, it's uh, creative ways to tell your child you're expecting. And they get very specific to the age even, like this was a good, this is a good technique for two to three, um, four to six, and things like that. So uh, I'll put a link in the show note. You might find some, uh, some good advice in this. Uh, I found another one from Babbel. Uh, so it's, it's a very talked about um, topic, and there's probably a lot of different ideas that you can, you can use. Um, of course, as they get older, they're understanding more, so you can give them more information uh, as, as the pregnancy progresses. So uh, congratulations. You know, it's funny. You might get more of the questions about where babies come from when you have a sibling mm. than you might uh, just generally in the child's, you know, as they grow up. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of those. We had a lot of books and pictures. Which, yeah. Ooh, it's a lot of information for a nine-year-old. But she kind of, mm-hmm. you know, she took it in. It, she took in whatever she was prepared for and the rest of it she asked about later. So mm-hmm. uh, We have a... We have a little book that I got into. Um, so we have a little leapfrog, the little baby reader. Have you seen those where it's like a little scout and the kid can put the little thing, put the little scout on the page and it reads to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, yeah. yeah, it's great. Mateo has one of them and he reads his books like this. And so he just sits there and he, he puts his little scout and it reacts to him. And it came with a set of four books. And one of the books um, is de- it's dealing with having a sibling. So it, I'm like, uh, is he going to expect he's going to have a brother or sister? <laughs> don't get any ideas. Don't get any ideas, kid. You know, that's know. true. I've got a couple of friends, and we actually had somebody on the show who has adopted. That might be an interesting take on it. I've never mm-hmm. adopted. I don't know what that's like. But I do have a girlfriend who became a foster parent recently and is mm-hmm. working to adopt one of the children that she took in. And she's kind of struggling with some of this now. Like, how do I tell Robbie that this little boy or girl might – they may stay, they may not stay. Mm-hmm. And this one that we're working on adopting, we can't really talk about a whole lot because there's always a chance that it could fall through. So yeah. she's struggling with some of that too. Anybody in the audience who may have dealt with adoption and how you're telling that, you know, you're going to have a new, a new family member and they may not be a baby. You yeah. know? <laughs> that could be something else to think about. I yeah, I'd be interested. Uh, Sean Coons. Actually, Sean Coons. Yeah, Sean, um, they, they adopted their daughter. And um, I, I don't believe she was a, a teeny tiny baby. Um, no, I think, I think she was a little she... older, right? Yeah, I think I so. I remember correctly. Uh, well, speaking of, of foster families, uh, Jeff, a uh, listener of the show, um, he does a podcast and he recently did a Google Hangout with foster fathers. So they did a, um, I, w- I guess it's on his website. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but he had uh, two gay fathers and talk about their experience adopting and and doing foster family. Um, So he, he did tell me that um, the rest of the shows are pretty colorful. So, so if you want to just focus in on this one show, it's, it's a cleaner episode. So um, he, uh, he put a link. uh, I have a link and uh, the audio is just a little echoey. So it might be a little hard to listen to, but it, if you're, um, especially going through the process of adopting or being a foster family, um, this is definitely a good listen for uh, for you. So, thanks, Jeff, for letting us. Uh, we sent in some questions for him to to ask the the dads, um, and 
I think Eric, you sent some questions in, and I I did too. So yeah, I sent some some weird long winded question, <laughs> like I do. So uh, check that out, Jeff. Thanks so much for uh, letting us know about it. Uh, we also have an email from Daryl. Um, let's see. He says, and this is our our good friend Daryl, who's been on the show. And our Daryl. Um, he said, "How do you handle serious, tough, or even inappropriate or cringe-worthy questions when kids may not even know what they're asking?" Uh, his opinion is that questions that make us gasp are just searches for knowledge to our kids and should be answered in appropriate, whatever that is, uh, appropriate ways. Um, I'm not even sure how to ask the question, but you just did. Uh, but I've I've run into it, and other parents must have as well. So. Uh, Carrie, do you, I mean, you probably have a lot of questions. I mean, we we're just talking, um, about Sarah asking about, um, when, when you lost the first baby. Yeah. So how do you handle? <laughs> Gee, it's shocking that my children would come up with inappropriate questions. No, um, <laughs> let me see. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Um, I think that when some, when I, when, at least when one of my kids comes up and asks me something, Anthony Colin has asked some things that have made me go, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, right. Um, I I kind of turn it back and ask them more questions to mm. kind of understand where they're coming from. Like, oh, where did you hear about that? Um, we had an incident about six months ago. Sarah came downstairs. And the beauty, of, one of the beautiful things about my kids is you can read it all over their face when their mood is different. Mm-hmm. You just can see it. So I could tell there was something problematic on her face and she she said can I talk to you for a minute and I said sure and I knew something was coming and I wasn't gonna like it and she did not ask me and she just started to cry and I said you know like you would tell any kid you can tell me anything I'm not gonna be angry I'm here to listen and help you understand so she said that she had a friend at school who she found out was cutting Mm. and she didn't know cutting herself Mm -hmm. and she said I don't I know that her parents don't know I don't know how to help her so I kind of just, I said, well, you know, how, how do you know that she's cutting? Like, how do you know that it's it, for her? And it's a valid question. Mm-hmm. Is she doing it in school? Is it an attention thing? What is she upset about? Like, just trying to help her yeah. feel her way through it. Because there, some kid, you know, she may have had a cut. Their teenagers are, can be tough and some of them may vie for attention. And I'm, I yeah. no means saying that all kids who cut are doing this, but that stuff is kind of a cry for help. And yeah. Sarah wants to help fix anybody. And I've told yeah. her, you know, there are some things that you can be a friend and you can say, help her find an adult to talk to, help her understand that adults can be a safe place to talk to if she doesn't want to talk to adults, but there's going to be stuff she can't fix because it's just, it's just not something she's going to be a part mm-hmm. of. It's something that the child needs help from a professional with. And that kind of thing, I, I just mostly field it back to the kid about, let's just, I want to know where you're coming from with this. If it took you a long time to kind of get the words together, they might not have been coming out right. So I don't want to jump to any conclusions that, oh my God, are you doing it? And you're just right. using this other person is like, I don't want to go there. So I try to just kind of be as neutral as I can be about the topic yeah. and let my kids know more than anything else that they can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. There is no judgment in talking to me. And if I don't have the answers, I will help them find them through somebody who probably has more experience with it than I do. More yeah. than that. I, I'd like the idea of promoting critical thinking. I mean, cause that's mm-hmm. really what you're doing when you ask them, when you ask them questions back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I've said this on the show before, but I, I didn't really know what it was called, but I didn't know it, the term was called critical thinking. <laughs> yeah. But my mom from from an early early age 
practice that with me all the time. She would always ask me questions back. So mm-hmm. when I would say, is there a Santa? She would say, what do you think? And yeah. I would go, I don't think so. And I would tell her why. Like, I would explain it. And then she would reply, you're right. But your brother is still young. He, it's, it's, it's the spirit of Christmas and all of that. Um, and so it was, it was an opportunity for us to have a, you know, a back and forth dialogue. And as a child, I just remember feeling like a problem solver. Like, I figured it out kind of thing. Yeah, and knowing that you had the your own answers, yeah, and not yeah, just yeah. not realizing. I mean, little kids, I think they come with questions from a place that is very full of emotion yeah. because they don't have the the diction skills to tell you what they right. need. So, but I, I agree with the way your mom did that. But I think asking those questions gets them to kind of process and think about it a little bit more, and sometimes they figure it out for themselves. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's important to do that because, in in effect, I, she was building trust with me. And, you know, years later, I would just come to her with, I mean, I, I talked with her when I had sex. Like, I, we, were yeah. at, we were at a Wendy's, and I told her, like, uh, Mom, it happened. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that first and, conversation. You know, it just was like, but I felt comfortable with her to tell her. And I've been, I've been you know, trying so hard to foster that kind of relationship with Colette. Yeah. Because you want you want them to feel like they can come to you, and inside you're probably like, "Oh God, what's going on? Don't right. tell me everything. <laughs> I don't want to know all the details." Stop there. You're good. <laughs> yeah, my mom was really good at at kind of that very open thing. My dad is yeah. not somebody who is as communicative as my mom, um, but I always felt like I could go to him because I knew that for my parents, I knew that they were always a team. So I knew that if there was anything that I could go to mom yeah. about, I could tell my dad, although he may go, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I had Sarah and um, I'm sorry, when I had Eden, uh, um, we had a horrible ice storm out here the year that Eden was born in 2002. And I was breastfeeding because I was trying at first. Um, and then when she started being sick, I had to pump a lot. And I knew from having Sarah that my mom was like, okay, now your dad, to all of his knowledge, you've never had sex. You don't have breasts. There's no periods involved. You're just like his child. And I said, okay, I got it. So I know enough to you yeah. know, skirt certain topics with my dad. Yeah. But I know that if anything ever happened, I could say, dad, I'm really just, I don't know what to think. And he'd be like, okay, swallow your tongue and go forward. So he'd do well. He came charging into my house to see the newborn baby. And I'm sitting there with the double breast pump on. And he was like, and my world is over. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with himself. Oh. But he, the first thing he asked me after he asked me to cover up was, hey, you know, you guys are going to lose power. How are you going to handle this breastfeeding thing? So I knew that he's there, but he just can't, like, we don't talk about breasts. They don't happen. Like, no, 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 no. Dad, I've had sex at least three times. Come on. Like, you know what I mean? But he's, I know he's there, but I can't quite go there. But if I had to, I could. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's those topics are. I guess when, when Mateo comes to me to talk about certain things, like girls or boys, who knows? I mean, yeah. I, I, want, I, just, I want to be somebody that helps him through that process of, of learning and, and feeling comfortable seeking knowledge. Like, I don't want to ever feel like he, he can't ask me a question. I think there comes that point, and I don't know when it is. It's different for every kid, and I'm going to venture to say that Eric Collette is already there with with you because the way you talk about her and how bright she is, I have a feeling she understands this concept that there comes this point with 
everybody when they get with their parents that they see their parents as not only oh, that's my mom and dad and they're the people who keep me safe, but they're a person and they've done mm-hmm. this stuff and they kind of have lived experiences and they there are going to be things that are going to shock them, but it's not like I'm trying to shock them that they're going to have reactions to things. Right. So I don't think that they necessarily like I knew that my dad would lose his poop if he saw me breastfeeding, but I didn't plan it that way. But I also knew that he was in the moment. He understood what I was doing and it wasn't a big deal. So I didn't take that personally when I, when he had a reaction to it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think that your kids get there too. They know that they're going to come to you sometime and maybe that's why they hedge their bets. And they're like, yeah, so about that sex thing. And they hear you internally mm-hmm. go, you know, <laughs> because they know you don't yeah. necessarily want them to go there because it's so fraught with stuff that they don't understand, yeah. but they know that you respect them as a person and that they can respect you and your opinion as an adult, not just as their parent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. You know, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm getting there with Colette. I'm trying as hard as I can. I I don't think I'm quite there yet. I'm trying to foster this open dialogue kind of thing. This this uh, no matter what, but trust. Like she can tell me anything, but I know that she's. No, I I don't think she's quite right there there mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just. But all I can do is just keep trying to you know make sure that she understands. Daddy is a safe place. You can tell me anything. She does ask me some a lot of stuff. Um, and, and my policy has been to be absolutely honest. And I do always ask questions like that. It sounds mm-hmm. like we all have a very similar method for dealing with it. Um, I ask a lot of questions about what she thinks and I'm, I tell her, you know, I'm honest with, uh, with her about, about what, uh, what I think and what I have done and all this. And, and I'm just hoping that, uh, it ends up in a place mm-hmm. where she can tell me anything, even if it's scary or uncomfortable or yeah. whatever. It's, uh, those are, I don't know why sex always is the cringeworthy thing. (laughs) It's like, what? Like I was saying to my wife the other day, let's just get it over with. Let's just tell her about it and get it done with. So we don't miss that opportunity. Right. That's my fear is like, I miss the, like, I miss it somehow. (laughs) And then like, I get, um, surprised by it. Like, I don't know. That's the other thing is I somewhat thought like, oh no, I hope I can get, I can educate her before the, the, the kids at school before do. the internet or or other kids do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and their kid, their friends play a big part in that. You know, like if they talk to their friends about a lot of stuff, and their friends' experiences have all been, "Oh, your mother's going to kill you for that." They're going to be like, "Oh, damn! I don't want to go tell mom any of that because she's going right. to kill me." Because they think that the same thing happens across the board. Their experience is mm. the same as their peers. But I think, like you said, like where we are now, if we're saying to them all the time. You absolutely can come to me about anything. And as the, as they get older and start, you know, testing those waters and say, you're going to be mad about this, but I find it to be super important to remind myself, just listen, don't react, think mm-hmm. about it and tell her that, look, you're right. You're my, you're going to, you might tell me something about, about something that you've done that I won't like, but I will always love you. Although I might not always like you very right. much for what you've done. <laughs> it's, it's understanding that I will the things that you do don't define for me how much I love you right? and how much I care about you wanting to have the best experience. And I've, I've gone through this even with my own parents recently telling them, you know what? I, I am going to have relationships with people that you are not necessarily going to approve of because um, very much like Fuzzy said in the chat room, it, it can be a generational thing. It's yeah. not the way things were when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you do it now. So I don't know how to help you with that. And that scares the hell out of me because I'm your parent. But it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily need you to, and you don't have to like the things that I do, but I want to know that I can always talk to you about them. Even if you're just listening, I'll feel better about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good question, Daryl. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, look at the big brain on Daryl. Love that. Uh, we also got another e- email from Aaron. She says, dear Nicole, an esteemed guest, co-host. Oh. Thanks for answering. So I know, right? Thanks for answering my question about knowing whether you wanted kids or not. I'm still undecided, but loving your show. Uh, when your child reaches the age when he or she can begin eating on his or her own, meaning using utensils, do you serve them a smaller version of what adults eat, or do you madman style serve them kitty food at an earlier time? I guess what I'm asking is. When is the age which kids eat meals with adults? When this happens, do you serve kids what you're eating or something special? Um, I recall eating at the table with my parents at mealtimes from a very young age with a booster seat. But my friends with kids don't seem to do that. Some of my friends feed their kids very early and have their own mealtimes after 7.30 or 8 when the kid's in bed. Uh, And thanks for the show. Enjoying the ups and downs, Aaron. Um, this is a great question because I wonder the same thing myself. M- me personally, um, Mateo, like I said, is a kind of a picky eater, and sometimes he doesn't eat lunch at daycare. So when he comes home, he's like, food now. <laughs> All the goldfish, <laughs> Yeah, and it's like 4.30, and I'm not eating dinner at 4.30. Um, most of the time, though, even if Mark and I eat later, we still sit him at the table with us and we might give him like a milk or goldfish. So he might have ate earlier um, with his, his nuggets or his pizza or whatever, whatever I can get him to eat. A lot, for the most part, time, it's peanut butter sandwiches right now. I, I'm just happy to get something in him, to be honest with you. So when we do have a, a good day at, at daycare, he will eat with us. I I always put something on his plate that I know he hasn't had before to see if he'll try it. We're still not there yet. He's not very adventurous, but I keep pushing and adding things onto his plate that he's not really fond of (laughs) or he thinks he's not fond of. Um, And that's I'm just going to stick with that and hope for the best (laughs) at this point, because I don't feel like battling food time with him. I know he'll eat certain things, and I always give him those certain things, and then I add the things that I know he hasn't tried yet. And, you know, there's been times where he has tried, and he's like, and he'll go, yucky. And I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm curious, uh, Eric, how you handle um, that, that dinner time. Because uh, Colette's much older than Mateo now, so... Well, yes, but it sounds like she's still there. They have something very much in common. They we we handle the the meals with Colette the very very much the same way. Anything I can get her to eat, I'm happy. And mm-hmm. if she's eating, I I I can. And often it's peanut butter sandwiches mm-hmm. or mac and cheese or sometimes goldfish or whatever. But um, when it's time, we're all eating. She has to be with us, even if it's just a snack that she's having, and she mm-hmm. won't eat what mom and dad are eating. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of just where we've landed, trying to keep the kid alive. <laughs> I'm hoping it gets uh, better uh, as time goes on and she gets a little more open to new foods, but mm-hmm. we'll see. With Thaddeus, he's just eating everything, like I said. So yeah. um, he eats what – well, our pediatrician said that now that now is a good time to wean him off the bottle, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost completely off a bottle with him. He's maybe having one a day. Oh, there you go. At, at, just to like settle him down at, uh, for sleep, you know, at, uh, at the end of the day. But um, 
she, uh, our pediatrician told us, hey, you know, if you can get him off the bottle and have him just eat, you know, little food, and if he will eat just what you guys are eating, go for it. That's all good, she said. So uh, he's eating what we eat when we go sit down. When, when Christine and I are eating our dinner, he's always coming up with like a little scavenger looking at us with his big eyes like, aren't you going to give me some? And <laughs> so we, we share. And he has his own stuff pretty much all day. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. How about you, Carrie? How do you? Because um, here's here's the thing. This topic, I've gotten some really like you're in control of his food and like mean kinds of responses to. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to me, uh, the because uh, some people are more free flowing and don't push it, and other people are like no, and they're gonna like forceful, and I'm just that's not my vibe. You know, I don't want. Yeah, do no, I'm very much in the middle of that road. I understand people wanting to offer structure, mm-hmm. so that at the same time we are in the same place doing the same thing, and that's our family time. Damn it, we're gonna have it. Like yeah. I get it, <laughs> I get it totally. That was my house when I grew up. It was me and my brother. We're a year apart, less than a little bit less than a year apart. Um, we sat down at the same time at night. My mom cooked dinner. We ate at the same time. The minute my dad came in the door, that's when you ate. After that, you didn't snack. You just kind of did your thing until you went to bed. Not so much here. And and my kids are not picky eaters. Um, they're, I wouldn't, picky's the wrong word. I would say more selective in that they'll try anything once, but if they don't like it, I don't make them go down that road. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not sit here until you finish the whole damn thing. Mommy do dearest so, style. Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, that scene stuck in my head as yes. a kid. And I My ha- mom used to do that. I used to, I am a, have a penchant. I hate green beans. Hate them with a fiery passion. And let me tell you right now, I probably wouldn't hate them, but my association is with what I went through as a kid with green beans. So that's why I don't like them. It's so Everyone funny. Everyone else here loves them. <laughs> Did you I have an experience them. with green beans sitting at the oh, table? Oh, my Lord. I, I, had... to, I remember sitting for hours yeah. at the dinner table and my mother going, you're not getting up until you finish the green beans. Right. I used to have to <laughs> dust them with ketchup just to get them down, like just to get them out. And I would gag and retch. It was a texture thing. It wasn't like a... Mom, I don't like a vegetable because I like lots of vegetables. But it was like this particular one, it had the texture. I couldn't hack it. And mm. it was miserable. So now whenever my oldest, she loves green beans, I'm, she's like, we get some green beans. I was like, whoa, because <laughs> it's, it's got very little to do with flavor. I mean, I've had, you know, pieces of green beans in like pasta salads and things like that. It's got nothing to do with flavor. It's my gut reaction is that texture as a kid and fighting through them. Mm. And for me... The trade-off to having them enjoy mealtime and talk and, you know, shoot the poop about whatever's gone on during mm-hmm. their day is I'd rather let them, you know, if you don't like what I've made tonight, I'm not going to take it personally. You know, it, Sarah, you can make ramen noodles. You're a big girl. Mm-hmm. With Colin, well, what do you think else do you want to have? And then it lets him kind of explore his mind a little bit. Oh, maybe I want uh, I want a cheese sandwich or maybe I want turkey. And can you put some cheese on it and melt it in the microwave? Or, yeah. So, I mean, it, it gets them to choose too, which mm-hmm. I'm okay with. Um, the thing that was hardest between... Sarah and Colin and the disconnect is that Eden doesn't eat like any of us do. Right. So he kind of doesn't understand like, well, why? Like, why is eating a big deal? Because Eden only drinks everything and Sarah eats everything in the house. And you and dad sometimes have stuff that we're not allowed to have. So I don't kind of understand. So for him, for us, we don't always all get around the table. If Eden is on a feeding tube, she's up in her bedroom because that's the safest place for her to do that. Mm-hmm. If she's downstairs and she's already had food for the day and she's not going to have anything until she goes to bed, I'll put her in a wheelchair and wheel her right up to the table, but she just kind of sits there. 
and just looks around. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is when we go to restaurants. I mean, I don't typically feed her in restaurants. I feed her before I go or after I leave because mm-hmm. it's just, for me, it's, um, looks very clinical when YouTube feed a child. And yeah. I don't want that to be something that is thrown in the face of somebody else in a restaurant. Like here, deal with my child being tube fed. I don't think that's fair. I mean, she needs to eat and that's fine, but I try to plan around that as best I can. So we can all kind of enjoy it and not make anything awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but here in the house, you know, if Eden's upstairs eating, um, whatever I make there, I'm pretty good about knowing what they like. Um, I grew up trying everything under the sun. Um, my parents, you know, threw French food at us and Chinese food at us and Japanese flavor. And then let's try this from Switzerland and all kinds of stuff. My husband grew up eating like Velveeta shells and cheese and like very white bread, uh, whatever you could, you know, not particularly cultured palate. Um, so my kids have grown up with a happy medium of both. You know, I like mm-hmm. sushi. They're like raw fish, whatever. But then when they mm-hmm. tried it, they weren't, Colin was fine with it. And then Sarah realized, well, if the baby can do it. So she tried a little bit and she was kind of okay with some of it. Aaron is still, oh God, why? <laughs> I caught that. Why are you eating it without cooking it? You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. quite get it. But I would say that, you know, I, I, th- I see the value in a coordinated mealtime if you're the type of family that needs that type of togetherness to feel like you've had that at the end of the day. Um, for us, I mean, we all kind of, sometimes we sit at the dinner table, sometimes we're all in watching TV together. Mm-hmm. But it's the same dynamic of, hey, what did you do today? Or how was work? And Colin, what did you do? Show me what you colored. And kind of lets them get their feels out. Um, yeah. Holidays were always the kids' table and the adult table. Always. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. You know, you recruiting, the table looks lovely, except I'm going to be eating at a folding table in the other room. So, <laughs> you know, that type of setup. But I don't, I don't think too much that we adhere to this is dinner time. We pretty much adhere to, oh, when did dad get home? Okay, well, give me an hour. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of go from there. I have stuff pulled out around noon, so I know what I'm going to make. And if something happens in the middle of the day, I'll say to Aaron, hey, do you want to do this for dinner or do you want to do something else? He may call and say, it's been a bad day. I want anything fried. Okay, good. So then I can kind of rearrange a little Mm -hmm. bit. But that's the benefit of me being at home, I guess. That's how we roll. We have dinner when when we can make it happen. Yeah. There's no set time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I... I, uh there was a somebody replied to me on Twitter and told me about a book that I just ordered because I'm curious about it. Um, it's it's I don't like the title of it, but it gets really good reviews. It's called Disease Proof Your Child, Feeding Your Kids Right. And I immediately went on defense because of one of the comments on Amazon. It was like, children aren't responsible for poor choices, food choices. Their parents are. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, and I understand that's somebody writing a comment. Uh, apparently, the book is not scolding. Like, he doesn't write it in a tone of scolding parents. It's more direct. And the problem I was looking at some of because I always look at the negative reviews. The problem with this book is it's heavily um, focused on nuts. Like, so if your kid has a nut oh, allergy. Like food allergies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like if mm. your kid has food allergies, this is not going to be very helpful at all. Uh, thankfully, Mateo doesn't have food allergies, so maybe I'll get some tips. I'm I'm open minded. I am completely open minded. So I'm going to read this book and and see what it's all about, and um, I'll report back. Because um, I'm like I said, I'm I'm I want Mateo to be healthy. I want to give him foods. That's why I put them. I put corn on his plate. I put green beans on his plate. He has yet to eat any of it, and I can't. The only way I can get vegetables in that kid is the pouches. The you know, Gerber and um, oh, yeah. Peter Love Rabbit. Oh, my gosh. 
Mm-hmm. I still give those to Colin. Don't I, feel, yeah. I still, I mean, if it's I gonna, we're sitting in the car and we got 30 minutes and he's hungry, if I throw him one of those things, at least yep. I know he's getting some vegetables. This is how he eats his yogurt. This is how, I mean, I'm, I am fine with it. I Get it well, how you can. Exactly. You. That is my thought too. So when Sarah was little, I used to take her to the grocery store with me um, when she was smaller. And I would say every week I would say, or the farmer's market is great during the summertime because the farmer's market is just all this activity and it's exciting. And I'd say, I want you to pick out something you've never had before. And we're going to make it this week. And then oh, it might be idea. something I've never had. Mm-hmm. You know, the week we made artichokes was a good time. Um, <laughs> but I mean, she didn't like it, but it was just like, okay, well, you tried it. Yeah. And now you know that. And it was just, that was the end of it. And it was no, not a big deal. There was not that pressure to, you must eat, you know? Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. Every, I think we all know this, particularly, you know, uh, being part of this show, and we say this at the beginning of every show, that all kids are different and that there's that spectrum of parenting where you're either super, super hardcore, everything's organic, no GMOs, watch mm. the damn allergies, all this stuff. You commit, commit, commit. I have a hard time believing that something else in your life doesn't give because of that. Mm-hmm. Somewhere on the parenting scale, something else has kind of sh- shifted in the balance a little bit. So I try to go out of my way to – I give my kids stuff that I don't like I because just because I don't like it doesn't mean they shouldn't yeah, like it. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I, I think that whole, so this was a great question and I love that because I can picture it, you know, give them, give them the, what the kid food is, give them what they like, and then we'll have a glass of wine and a decent meal later. Yeah, I yeah. totally get that. And I'm not saying I've never done that because yeah, but yeah. particularly if I've got something in particular that I know, like tomorrow's my husband's birthday, for instance, and like, I want to cook him a meal that I know he loves just so that when he comes through the door, it's there Aww. for him to eat it whenever he wants to. Yeah. It's something that. One of my kids likes the other one's not real fond of. So I'll have a backup plan. Yeah. You know, I'll have the other one fed and out of the picture. And then I'll tell Sarah, you know, you take your food to your room. Let your dad sit down with a glass of beer and enjoy his dinner. You know, just kind of a little bit separate. But that mm-hmm. whole concept of, you know, do we have to be together all the time? I don't I don't think so. I think it's like anything else. You compensate in other yeah, ways. Yeah, your, your family adjusts. And just uh, when Brian Brushwood was talking about like sleep arrangements. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful that he said that because I was starting to feel guilty because I've been sleeping on the couch a lot because I want to allow Mark a full night's sleep because mm-hmm. when he wakes up, he cannot go back to sleep. And that's him. That's his. But for me, I can, I can fall asleep in like five minutes. I'm like, boom, done. I could probably fall asleep walking. Um, <laughs> so that gave me like some comfort to hear I'm not the only one that... We just have a unique sleeping situation right now. It won't be like this forever, but it's like this right now. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I actually, well, I haven't been sleeping on the couch, but I have been staying. She'll go to bed and I'll stay up and work on junk or take care of like for a couple hours, um, like either cleaning up the house yeah. or just something that I wanted to do during the day that I couldn't do, like on the computer or yeah. something. And then, well, then I'll come to bed later and it's okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. The hard and fast rules of how families are supposed to function have become under major fire in the last several years because there's this push by, I think, a lot of communities and and by a lot of government groups, I think, to get back into the, you know, traditional family values. But traditional family values and and opportunities for how to function don't necessarily apply in the way we live our lives today. Mm -hmm. And you can't compromise everything for the sake of feeling like you fit into a traditional family values format. It's just not the way it works. And nobody should be made to feel bad about that. Nobody should. I mean, we grew up um, or our parents grew up in a time where Ozzie and Harriet, that was the ideal family, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the, or leave it to Beaver. And if you didn't achieve that, there's like this crushing like guilt 
that comes along with it. But it doesn't have to be that way. And I think what we need to remember in that is that we want to achieve that television promoted happiness amongst our family members, but you don't necessarily get to it by doing what they did. Right. And if you find a way to get to that, that is a little unconventional and everyone in your family is happy and healthy with that process, then it's okay. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Damn, Skippy. Yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, buddy. All right, we got time for one more email, and it's kind of a two-parter. This one's from Tyson. He said, hi, I just wanted to say how much I really enjoy your podcast. I heard you mention it on the final score last for weeks. I mean, I guess apparently I've been talking about it for weeks on final score. I finally subscribed. Great content and guests. I especially appreciate Dan's input on the latest episode to get a pharmacist's opinion on teething. We're currently struggling along as our one-year-old adds to her smile one ridiculously slow tooth at a time (laughs) it'd be great to have dan back as a monthly guest maybe although i found all your guests and regular contributors have added some value uh something of value for me in each podcast keep up the great work and i hope your mother's days was a great big up uh, Tyson. So uh, thank you, Tyson, for the email. And I definitely want to have Dan back. Uh, he's on every episode. If you, if you stay to the end of the, the show, he does a great gaming, uh, board gaming segment with his family. He brings his wife and his daughter on. Um, and I definitely want to have Dan back on because he was really great on the show. Um, and as far as Mother's Day, that was, uh, that was a pretty good day. But Father's Day is coming up. Are you excited, Eric? Oh, right. Uh, (laughs) You're like, wait, wait, what? When when is Father's Day? This weekend. Is it this weekend? Yeah, Yeah, it's the 15th. Yeah. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Start laying out your gift list in appropriate places. I'm going to start my list of requests. What do you want? I mean, I'm curious, as as a um, stay-at-home dad, is there anything in particular you would want from uh, for Father's Day? Uh, I'm a... You know, I I'm. It's close to my birthday, so I'm gonna. I'm getting what I want for Father's Day, which is what I want for my birthday, which is a trip in July, just after Nerdtacular. My wife and I are going on a trip, uh, just the two of us. It's gonna be a break from the kids for like four or five days, and that's what I want. Oh, <laughs> which that's might cool. be interpreted as no. maybe bad no. as like. Father's Day, get away from me, kids. That's, that's how Mother. That's how Mother's Day was for me. I'm like, I just want to sleep. That's but all that's I want. Delightful. No, you got to think about it in the context. Is I want to, I want a little sanity break so I can come back and love my children the way I really do. Exactly. And instead of right. being overwhelmed and crazy, so yeah, absolutely. that's what I want, and it's what I'm getting for uh, Father's Day. Yay. Well, happy Can't Father's wait. Day, Eric. And to, and to all the dads out there, happy Father's yes. Day. Um, Dan has a really good point. Just a quick thing to throw mm-hmm. in. I think it's a really good note for any family. Totally get a pharmacist that you love yeah. and keep them in your Rolodex. Just keep them on the back line because that will come out to- at you in the most weird times. I could ask the pharmacist Well, that. Dan and is my yeah. pharmacist now, so I'm just going to ask him all my questions. <laughs> all the questions for Dan about all the medications. <laughs> I need to get his email. Well, Darn right. In fact, Dan wrote us, um, I guess maybe it was last episode, we talked about melatonin, and he had a little info for us. So um, if anybody is curious about melatonin for sleep, um, he said, here's a little info for you on melatonin and why it's so good for jet lag and some other sleep stuff. Like Cleo said, it's the, the body naturally make said excuse me mix naturally makes melatonin releases and peaks when your body is trying to get in uh to sleep kind of bedtime if you will it helps tell your body hey sleepy time 
So what happens when you're jet lagged or have work shift disorder, which is a thing uh, people have issues sleeping when they change shifts from like a third to a first or a third to a second. My mom does this all the time. She did. Oh God, I couldn't work the way she does is peaking is your peaking of melatonin gets messed up and it can contribute to sleeplessness. So when you're getting, when you get back home from a trip in a different time zone, a good way to get you back to your regular schedule is to take melatonin right at your normal and propose bedtime for a week or so. It isn't a cure and won't cause you to sleep like meds like Ambien. And he said, in parentheses, I will give you my two cents on those sleep meds another day. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it can definitely help you get back on a schedule. It's not really proven to work well too well if you take it every night. But if you feel your sleep schedule is a bit off from travel or work or other things, then it's a good option for a week or two for sure. Hope that helps, Dan. It totally helps. Thanks, Dan. He's he's the man. That's some great <laughs> my info. Hus- my husband didn't believe that it would help. I'm not going to tell you. And he's been... Are, he's been fighting his sleep for the just the last week has been mm-hmm. miserable. So I said to him, "Look," and I handed him three three milligram melatonin. I said, "Just take these and lay down." Oh, whatever. So he took them. Not even ten minutes later, just oh, honking along with the <laughs> snoring. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, awesome. Hey, it doesn't work, sure." Yeah, yeah, when when I would fly to the East Coast, when my when my plane would land, I would take them on the plane because by the mm-hmm. time I got from the plane to the, my hotel. It would be I, I'm like okay I need because I would lo- I would lose or so it was, yeah, yeah I'm going east from west to east so you're so, gaining an hour yeah well it was three hours oh so, that's right because you were I'm thinking when you were in Missouri yeah, yeah I so it would be so rough so it's it's like you know midnight there and it's only what nine yeah and I'm like I can't fall asleep but the melatonin helped me get into that that mode so. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks so much to everyone that sent in emails. We have a ton more. We'll save those for another day. Um, I think unless you have anything else, guys, we can wrap this show up and put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. (laughs) Grab the bow. (laughs) Put a ring on it. That's right. <laughs> so just uh, we want to say thank you to Alpha Geek Radio for letting us stream this live every Wednesday. We stream around 9, 10 o'clock. Um, you can head on over to alphageekradio.com. Check out all the different shows. There's a ton of Frog Pants shows on that stream live, uh, including the morning stream, which we all know and love. Uh, and thanks to Chore Monster for sponsoring this episode. You can get your free Chore Monster app at choremonster.com, or you can find it in iTunes or Google Play. Awesome little service there. Uh, and just uh, if you have, if you want to leave a review, we you can find us on Stitcher, you can find us on Swell, you can find us in iTunes. However, you're listening to us, if uh, you feel so inclined, leave us a little review. Uh, and you can always contact contact us directly using the email nerdparents at gmail.com or you can just head on over to nerdparents.com, which we have all of the things that we discuss. So if you're like, what did they say again? Just find the show, find the show notes. All the links are in there. Um, and of course, anything you purchase through Amazon through the website helps the the uh, cost of running the, the website. There's a small affiliate fee we get for that. So that's always appreciated and helpful you can also find us on twitter we love the tweets you can follow just the nerd parents account at nerd parents so twitter.com slash nerd parents you can find me at nicole spag you can find eric at eric mailer uh, and you can find cleo at coffee please and that's plz 
Uh, let's see. Anything I'm forgetting, guys? Sounds good to me. I think you got it covered. <laughs> You're on top of it. Uh, so thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll talk with you a week. Uh, we may have a guest. We may do a, you know, just another. I'm kind of doing. I'm taking a break from the guest for a while. I have a ton of stuff going on with Nerdtacular, which, by the way, will be at Nerdtacular, all three of us, and we'll do a live episode. Uh, so that should be interesting. <laughs> Good times. I don't, don't know get what... to see how awkwardly I talk with my hands. It's just going to be very embarrassing. <laughs> my hands are going to be flinging around. <laughs> so we're if you are heading to Nerdtacular, we we're looking forward to meeting you and commiserating and all that fun stuff. So um, be sure to download that app. I'm always telling people because it's different this year. It's not in the iTunes Store. It's actually you have to go directly to it using the the uh, URL tiny URL dot com slash nerdtacular and that's how you'll get the app on your phone um so for me for cleo for eric thank you so much for hanging out with us and happy parenting yay bye bye bye